want to stay in the same situation, then continue doing what you're doing. You guys can get on board and go down this four-lane highway and just rock it out, and you don't have to have a decade of learning process. Meet people where they are. If you want to have all types of clients, be a Rubik's Cube. Meet them where they want to be met. We have to know our numbers. We have to know how much we want, and then what, how many deals do I have to close to make that a reality? What I want to do over the next half hour or so is give you clarity on the items that really are going to generate money for you and allow you to do things you want to do. So if you're not currently being coached by the people in the industry that are doing it at the highest level, then you're working too hard to get there. This is the Next Level Loan Officers Podcast with Kenneth Travis and Sean Zamanoff. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of our Next Level Loan Officers Podcast. I am Sean Zalmanoff and I'm joined today by Mike Scirocco. You may also know him as Mike Searock. Mike, how are you? Doing great, Sean. Thanks for having me. Man, very, very glad to have you. You have an awesome story. Uh, you're doing some cool things with your new podcast. What are you made of? And Mike, man, jump in a little bit and just, your, your story is great. Tell, tell us, tell me, our listeners, why and how you, you kind of got to this point with your podcast and, and helping loan officers and just doing everything that you've been doing in our industry? Well, I've been in the business um, mortgages since 2006, real estate agent before that. And my story, though, I believe everybody's got a story. But my story started back when I was 11 years old, 31 years ago. Um, I came from a broken home. And just like a lot of your listeners, probably, I never knew my parents together. And I was living with my dad for three years. I realized that the environment that I was in was not a good one. I didn't know the word culture back then. That's a big word in, uh, in our company now. Uh, I didn't know the word culture, what that meant. But I knew I was in an environment that I shouldn't be in, that wasn't conducive to growth or, or happiness. And I decided to get out of it. And so at that young age, 11 years old, being mature enough at that age, I told my mom, I got to get out of here. She filed court papers. Came home one, uh, from school one day. My dad had papers in his hand, and I knew exactly what that was. And he said, "Go in your room." So I sat in there, waited for him to come in. I walked on eggshells as it was in that house. Some mental abuse that went on. And he came in, and he uh, he, he said, "What's this?" And I said, "I, I don't know." He said, it "Looks like you want to move back with your mom." And my dad was my hero, just like a lot of young boys. My dad, I looked up to him. He had his own masonry business. He always had a cash, like a big wad of $100 bills in his pocket. And I always looked up to him for that. And it wasn't about the paper, the cash, you know, the greed aspect of money. It was more about what we could get with money as far as freedoms, the trips. We went to, you know, go out to eat, things like that. And I just knew that that's what I wanted out of life. And so at that moment, he said, I said, yeah, I want to move back with my mom. He actually reached in his pocket, grabs out this wad of $100 bills. Peels one off, crumples it up, and throws it at me and said, here, you're going to need this when you're living on the streets with your mother one day. And at that moment, um, I can remember this clear as day 31 years ago, you know, I was destroyed and I felt like uh, that moment that, you know, I, I could make a decision here that I, I, first of all, I thought I couldn't be the only one going through this. There's, there's other people that people have been giving up on, their dad's given up on them. And I vowed at that moment that I was going to make sure that I helped lift other people up that have gone through this. I was going to be a helper and knowing that I got through that situation rather than worrying about what that situation did to me in a bad way. So I've used that. The reason I tell that story, I've used that in our business and in my sales career. And whether it was sports, 
school or work, I've always referred back to that as a motivator when things got tough or things were going good and I wanted to take it to the next level. I can't let him win. And I also want to make sure that I'm there for other people that, 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 that have gone through that situation. So that's where it all started. And I use that in my business today, Sean. I think everybody has to have that motivating factor, that driving force. We, we talk about it a lot inside of Next Level with our coaching clients and, and just in general when people come and get engaged with us is you got to peel back that onion. And it's, we talk about why times five. Well, why did that happen? Why did that happen? Why did that happen? And then all of a sudden, like, oh, damn. It's all because of this. Uh, I grew up in a pretty similar situation. I didn't talk to my, my father from the time I was seven to the time I was 17. And um, fortunately, my, my mother sacrificed. So we grew up in, the, in a nice part of West St. Louis County, middle-class neighborhood. But uh, when you grew up in a poor neighborhood, everybody's like you. Uh, when you grew up in a middle-class neighborhood and you're poor, like you get to see a lot of things that people have and do and you know, you just mentioned going on trips, going out to dinner, uh, playing club sports. I mean, just all these things that I never had. And it just gave me a motivation and a driving force. And again, like you were saying, I didn't know how, but I knew that wasn't going to be my fate. And man, once I really started to have some success with it, and the reason self and Kenneth and Kellen and Shane all founded Next Level Loan Officers was to be able to share it with other people and, and be able to help others grow because whether, you know, there's a lot of talk out there, you know, somebody's better than others in our industry right now. And, and really what we all need to be fighting is the FinTech giants who want to replace us, not each other inside of our industry. And man, that's what next level is about. And that's what you're building inside of your organization and with your podcast too, Mike. So thank you so much for that story. Yeah, man, no problem. And that's the reason I'm trying to tell my story, not for me, but for others. And I would have known that about you if I didn't bring that up, probably. And see, so that's the point when, since I've been doing this movement with the What Are You Made Of movement, I can't tell you the number of emails, direct messages, phone calls where people are scared to share their story or share their story in public, but they want to share it with someone and they don't know how to do it. And uh, I've been, you know, just inspired by these people and the things that they've gone through. And, uh, it makes it all worth it. So I'm going to just continue to do this. I'm going to try to push this throughout the country, throughout the world, and make a big, giant snowball movement with it. So It's awesome. It's funny. So I have young boys. They're three and five, almost four and six. And it's just, I can relate. It's like talking with their parents. And they're like, man, are your kids so crazy? Do they like swing from the rafters and jump off the roof and tie each other right. up? And you're like, oh, I guess my kids are just normal then too. Um, but like we realize when, when we have these conversations and talk to other people, uh, exactly. And so many people have gone through something and when you can use that as, as a motivating factor as a big, why, you know, makes me think a little bit about, uh, Robert Frost of, you know, finding a, a road in the woods and taking the path less traveled. And it's easy for you to plug in. It would have been easy for just been like, hey, the money's worth it. I don't really care what my dad's doing. I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take it because I know it's going to be easier, right? And you just wouldn't be the man you are today if, uh, if you chose that path. So thank you. Right, thank you. You've been in the business since 2006. Uh, you're a realtor, uh, so recovering for a little over 13 years. Congratulations. Um, uh, and you built an awesome organization, man. You got offices, uh, in, in Connecticut, in Florida, but share some people about, uh, how awesome your business is, what you're doing and, and 
man, like let's give some loan officers some amazing takeaways and some secrets of success that they can go and implement in their business today. All right, yeah. So we, uh, we're located in the Mid-Atlantic region, Maryland and Delaware right now. Uh, our company, Nations Lending, which is uh, the, the larger port of the group, has got offices all over the country. And then we have an office in Miami as well. So it's a little stretched out there. But we started with myself and my partner, Chris Short, just the two of us. We started in a warehouse that had an office space that we rented for $500 a month and got our business off the ground. And there was a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of stress. But what we did was at that moment back in 2011, that's uh, when we decided to start opening branches. At that moment, we committed and we had a clear vision of what we, what we wanted to do. So we kind of did that first and then we were figuring the rest out as we went. And as we went along with it, I didn't have mentors and I'm going to take 100% responsibility with this. I should have sought out mentors, but I didn't. And, and I have, I'm kind of stubborn to a fault. So I kind of, <laughs> I kind of just like wanted to figure it out on my own and work through it. And when you do that, there's a lot of stumbling blocks. There's a lot of money spent and time spent uh, learning things and making mistakes. And uh, I learned from that myself. And what I learned from that, the biggest takeaway from that is find someone to mentor you. Find someone that has done it, that cares about sharing their successes with you to take time out of the equation. And, I, you know, as stubborn as I was, that cost me years and years probably of production. But slowly but surely, we, we started growing one person at a time and we were concerned with our culture. And people here that listen to me, listen to my podcast, they'll hear, they'll hear me talk about culture a lot because culture is got what got us to where we are today, where we have 30 employees, seven branches, and we're, we're I think, six record-breaking months this year. Now, I know rates helped out with that, but still, when you're doing mostly purchase business, records don't fall that many times in a year unless you're doing something right. So congrats on that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Sean. The one big thing, though, is from when we started or when I was a loan officer and or my loan officers right now, the one big thing is having a clear intention of what you're trying to accomplish. This goes for anything in life. But if you're not clear and have a target that you're shooting at, then whatever you're doing every day is just all over the place. And so that is the start of everything. And if you don't have that, you need to stop everything that you're doing and go back to that 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 point of having a clear specific intention and start working proactively instead of reactively you know mike you're talking about having a coach and uh, all of the uh, all of us in next level have coaches uh, in and out of the mortgage industry but it just it reminds me of a saying it's you pay the piper you pay for an education and, and it's your choice uh, but one way or the other uh you're you're going to pay and it just depends on how quick you want to accelerate your learning curve and really how, what time means to you because like I can go make more money. I can go make more of almost anything that I want to in the world except the number one most precious commodity that exists and that's time. Like we all have a finite amount of it. Some of us are blessed with a little better health and, and some longer uh, years than others. But man, like from the time kids are born to the time they leave the nest, like it's just what do you want to do with those hours and with that time? And so I just want to encourage everybody, you know, I mean, come check out Next Level Loan Officer. You can go to loanofficerevents.com uh, to see when we're going to be uh, in your area. I know we're going to be in San Diego in February, uh, but whether it's us, whether it's another organization, whether it's somebody completely outside of the mortgage business, you need a coach. Like you will find when you see the people at the top, and I've been, I've had a coach of some sort for greater than 
uh, the last 10 years of my career. And, um, and I've been one of the top salespeople uh, that entire time. And every time it's always like, man, Sean, well, why do you have a coach? You're already successful. And it's like, duh, come on, man. This is, if I'm not getting better, I'm getting worse. Just a philosophy of my life kind of sounds a little bit Ricky Bobby-ish, but, but, it's, but it's not. And, uh, but you, you have to invest in yourself because you're going to pay for it one way or the other. So, I mean, take some time and, and find out what works for you. I mean, you can start the old fashioned way that works really well at the beginning. Like Mike was saying, find out, find out your why, find out where you want to head. And man, just pick up some books and get an Audible subscription. Start going there. But at some point, having the right coach, having the right people around you, plugging into the right culture like Mike's talking about, can uh, have a game-changing effect on where you're headed and, and create open possibilities that you didn't even really know existed in front of you. Right on. That's right. So what are you doing for your loan officers, Mike? Tell, tell me just like what are, so in 2006, you entered the mortgage business. 2011, you started opening branches. Like what would you tell a loan officer who's just getting started today? Like if there's going to be one thing, two things that, that you need to do, or there's a loan officer who's closing three loans a month, you know, they've had a pretty darn good year because most of us have in, in 2019. It's definitely been a little bit of a different year than, uh, and a lot of people discussed uh, happened in 2018. But what would you tell somebody? And this is what you got to go do now to set yourself up for five and 10 years from now. Yeah, the first and foremost, the biggest problem loan officers have is they think people know them and know who they are and know what they do. And they think people think about them all the time. <laughs> and that's the biggest thing. So you have to get known. You have to create so much buzz and attention. If you think about right now on your cell phone, all the, if you have your notifications on, I can't keep up with all the notifications that come popping up on my phone. And I start trying to do that and I start driving myself crazy. There's things trying to come at you all the time to grab your attention. You have to do whatever it takes to create a buzz and get attention from your realtor partners, accountants, CPAs, lawyers, past customers, your power base, anybody you can think of that could possibly use your services or refer you to someone, you have to be in their face constantly. And anybody that follows me on social media would know that that's what I do. And over the last couple of years, I've gone crazy with it to think to myself, I got to take the limits out of my brain of what I can accomplish and be omnip like just everywhere. Like I want people to say, how do you do this? Like where, what is in you that you're doing all this stuff? Do you sleep? Like, does your wife ever see you? By the way, I have a great marriage. Been married 16 years, two kids. I make time for all of it, but it's just about a, a thought process in your head when you get up in the morning that I got to get known and being obsessed about it. That's what it comes down to. So that's the first thing, main thing that I would tell somebody just to get started is to get that in their mind first because you can't accomplish anything, any of the other stuff that I could go over until you have that. And that, that's awesome. I, you know, sometimes people start, they're like, man, well, what if I turn somebody away? Or what if I do this? And like everybody's greatest fears, like, you know, what are they going to think about me? Like, I'm, I'm scared. It's like, you're going to repel people. Like when you start getting enemies, when you start getting haters, like that's when you start to win. Those people weren't going to do business with you anyway. So find out who they are or let them find out themselves who they are because you're going to attract somebody else. 
I mean, I don't want to talk anything with politics, but, but, but look at the presidential election every four years. Somebody pretty much hates 50, I mean, if you can convince 50% of the world to hate you or the United States, you can probably be elected president. Like yep. <laughs> that, that's what somebody is doing every time that, that they win an election. It's, it's about being known and the more known you are and what you stand for, the more you're going to repel people, but the more you're going to attract people, man. That's, we talk about it with you, Inc. We talk about it with a couple of things we, we teach, but man, creating that brand is, is just vastly, vastly important. So what's next for you, man? Like, um, what, uh, where's the podcast going? Anything else you want to share? Like, like tips with loan officers yeah. besides creating that brand? What, what else can, uh, can you share with us today? One thing, one thing I'll add to that being known is first of all, if you don't know what to say, call them anyway and introduce yourself and just say, I'm calling to say hi, because then you're getting known and they're like, what the heck is this guy calling? Like just to say hi, at least you're doing that. So don't not call because you don't know what to say. Secondly, second thing is once you get up and call them, and, and you've made that action, the next thing to do is to provide some kind of value to the person that you're calling. We always like here, uh, where we're, we're located here in uh, Maryland at Nations Lending, we like to say we help first. Help first mentality, servant heart. We're not, it's not about what's in it for us. How can we help you grow your business? We have several ways at our company that we do that, but that, that's the thing that we come at first. Because if you do that, then it takes the part about you know, uh, if I ask them for business, they're going to they're gonna turn me down and, and you're just always worried about being rejected. People aren't going to reject as much you trying to help them. So we always, always start with that. And that's it. The second thing that I would tell people to do when they start, you know, if they're doing three or they're just getting started in the business is start finding value propositions and how you can help people. And just if I can relate that to sports for just one second, you know, you're talking about rejection. And uh, so my earliest memory, I'm just, I was born uh, one year later than you, Mike. I was born in 78. My, my earliest memory is the 1982 uh, World Series. And our Cardinals won it then. Um, the, like, baseball is just, it means a lot to me. But if you're a baseball player and you get to hit three out of every 10 times for 10 years, not only are your children's children's children not going to have to worry about money, but you're going to the hall of fame. Yep. You bat 310 years in a row. Like, so that's the other seven out of 10 times you're striking out, you're popping out, you're grounding out. And it's like you are not successful. And that's really what, you know, when you, when you talk about athletes and having that short term memory, like you've got to build on past experience and you have to keep that. But man, when you're calling agents, when you're calling your friends, when, when you're being in front of people, dude, you're just going to lose. And the other thing too, like you, you go from doing five loans to 10 loans a month, you're going to lose a few more loans when you have that many more at bats. Just Absolutely. what's going to happen. You're going to forget to call somebody back. They're going to find out their brother did loans because he never called them to tell them that he did loans either until they were finding out that that they were doing a mortgage and he wasn't in front of them in the same way. And it, and it just happens, but got to realize that it's about getting the at bats. The success comes when you swing. And the other thing too, in, I mean, we are so blessed in the mortgage industry. It's why those of us who've been in a long time Definitely. never consider going anywhere else. It's why the smart realtors jump over. No, just kidding. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, you got it. The, um, Man, like 
we make so, we have the ability to make a lot of money per transaction, doing a good job for people and helping people out. And the difference in our industry and so many others when, when you can make a lot of money per transaction is most of them just don't get as many at bats. The other thing that makes athletes great, love them or hate them, Tom Brady's hard to uh, uh, compare anybody else to except a very few quarterbacks who've ever walked the planet. But man, dude, nobody prepares like he does. Nobody's ever prepared like he does. There are some people who practice as hard as he do, as he, as he does, but the what what he eats, what he goes through in his off season, all to be ready. So, I mean, I really, man, I hope he plays forever because then there's always going to be somebody in the NFL who's older than me. So I'm rooting for him <laughs> in that aspect. But uh, man, you we got to hone our crafts on outside of in the game. You got to have people in your office, whether it's your managers, uh, other coworkers. You know, or we're talking about here, plugging into coaching and just learning something different to continue to sharpen that axe and make yourself better. Right, right. And, then, you know, the other thing is, is that people think that they only need four or five agents referring on business, four or five referral partners. That is a recipe for disaster because if you absolutely, like something happens out of your control and one realtor gets mad at you, now you're down to four. When you're down to four, then you're like scared. Everything's 911. Same thing with your pipeline. If your pipeline's small, everything's 911. You put pressure on yourself, your family, your processor, the people around you. It makes things miserable. So I always have a philosophy of creating as big a possible group of agents that you could possibly think of. I don't care if they've heard of you or not. Put them in your database. Make it big. And then throughout your day, break it up into little pieces throughout your week. Call an agent, a certain amount, and you do it five, five days in a row. It's simple. And if you can break it down into little pieces, it's attainable each day. You're not going to shy away from it. Small Let's say 10 agents calls a day, 20 agent calls a day in that range. That's 50 to 100 agent calls a week. It's not that bad. It takes about an hour a day, right? And then you can set up time to meet with agents. But the way I look at it is, and I break it down like this. Most, by the way, most big producers, I look at the numbers. Most big producers have a lot of agents sending them business. It's not one or two agents sending them a whole lot. The majority of the time, if you look at the numbers, it's several agents sending them onesies and twosies throughout the year. And so my thing is, is if I can get 50, let's just use 50 for a second, and I get 50 agents that I'm calling on consistently and meet with and wooing and providing value to, and they average three loans a year, three a whole year, three per year. Some will be more, obviously some will be zero, but the average is three. What that does is gives you 12 loans a month. And 12 loans a month is a pretty darn good real estate, I'm sorry, loan officer. So if you want 24 loans a month, figure out a way to call 100 agents a week. And you don't have to do it yourself is the other thing. A lot of people hear these numbers and they think, oh man, how am I going to have the time to figure out how to do this by myself? And so that's one thing that we've become good at is scaling and delegating and finding people that are good for certain jobs to help us grow. I wanted to throw that in there, Sean. Mike, it's you're 100% right. So, so my team does um, 180-ish purchase transactions a year, uh, like clockwork for, for a long time. And if you will break down our numbers, uh, I have one or two agents that refers over 10. There's a couple at six. Everybody else is four or less. And just, you know, for my mortgage business as well, too, when I'm talking to loan officers and they're, and they're asking about joining or whatever, I have software uh, that we subscribe to that lets us look at everyone's stats. And when you look at all the top people, 
I mean, there's a few of them like, you know, that have some crazy relationship with some huge hitter and they're getting 40 or 50 deals a year from them. But man, most of all the top players are designed exactly like Mike said, you know, I'll see they have one at 10, maybe, maybe one at six, but everybody else is four or less. And the other thing too is, man, you're somebody who, who's getting 40 or 50 deals a year from an agent. And, and if you are, keep that up, man, but they leave hurting. God forbid something happens to them, yeah. anything, you know, you don't want to put yourself in that position. That's a, that's also a feeling of being a prisoner and lack of control. And that's one thing I don't like. And all of our people that we, we work with, nobody wants to be a prisoner. So we ask them that question and it, you know, it's how you frame it. And it's when I first came into business, I didn't have this knowledge. I, I had lack of data to use and understand what was necessary. And I didn't understand why it was important to have 50, 100 agents you're calling on. I didn't understand it. I just thought that if you go out and have five or six and you're sending you lots and you develop this relationship, you worry about that one agent so much, you're so worried about what they think. And it's just not the life I want to live. And I don't think anybody wants to live like that. So, so if uh, somebody wants to, to connect with you a little bit more, they can find you on uh, the What Are You Made of Facebook group. Any other yeah, ways so, they can reach out to you? Yeah, for your listeners, um, it's a private Facebook group called What Are You Made Of with Mike C-Rock. It's where I engage with my uh, podcast listeners. And we tell stories on there. We encourage people to share their stories to help inspire the team, help lift each other up. For your listeners, if they want to, uh, when they hear this, they want to jump over and join in. I'll accept them into that. I'm all over social media, Instagram. I'm everywhere, guys. I don't, I don't just talk about it. I practice what I preach. So you'll see I'm very easy to find. C-Rock, Mike C-Rock. And also, um, I do have a Facebook page. I'm sorry, a website. Um, it's uh, the Mike C-Rock with no K. Mike C-Rock.com. The Mike C-Rock.com. Um, I have a blog on there as well. I'm just trying to put out so much content to help people because I don't feel like if, I feel like if I don't do enough, I'm not sticking to what I promised myself when I was 11 years old. And I'm really, I'm honestly like I'm a, I'm a monster. I'm obsessed with this. And uh, so Good. I'm just looking to help as many people as possible, not just in the mortgage business, real estate agents, business people, salespeople. Uh, I'm, on a, I'm on a serious mission to get this movement, uh, the what are you made of movement rolling like a snowball. Awesome. Well, Mike, we appreciate you joining us today. Uh, as always, if you need to find us, you can go to nextlevello.com, uh, loanofficerevents.com to find out when we are coming into your area and to get our app to find this podcast and many other insightful bits of information. Text the words next level to 36260. Again, Mike Searock, we appreciate you. I am Sean Zalmanoff, and uh, y'all have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Sean.